it is so easy to become an entrepreneur today. And, and I think the, the biggest thing is it starts with our mindset. Even if you're working a, a job right now in which somebody is paying you an hourly wage, you could still have the, the entrepreneur mindset. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is understanding a lot of people have great ideas. Uh, they may have a great product. They may even have a great service. But the thing that I, what I understood early was if you build something, they do not come. Hey, this is Ahmad and you are listening to Think Ultimate Podcast. Today we have Riley Meek with us. Riley is a founder of the King's Council, a community designed to equip entrepreneurs with the tools, systems and frameworks necessary to discover, develop and deploy their God-given vision into the marketplace. In the last decade, Riley has helped entrepreneurs scale their businesses, creating transformational wealth through his company, Social Dynamics Selling. Through the social dynamics, Riley has taken eight companies to seven and eight figures within the first year of each, generating nine figures over the past decade. So let's welcome our today's guest, Riley Meek. Riley, welcome to the show. Hey, Ahmad. I'm happy to be here, man. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. So excited to have you here as well. And uh, let all those people know that you can help them out, generate over seven to eight figures in in the first year. And let's make it happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. I, I will. I will say. Um, so, it's been uh, when I'm 37 years of age now. I started my entrepreneur journey at the age of 15, and uh, I I learned a lot. And so, if there's anything for for your audience, man, um, I'm happy. I'm excited to share some of those things to really shave off that time here. So, if they stick with us here for the next what 20, 30 minutes or so, whatever we go, I promise to deliver on that. Absolutely, and it's gonna be fun as well. Awesome. Absolutely, man. Okay. So Riley, tell us something really interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Most people do not know that I live on a lake here in Minnesota, but I don't own a boat. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Something something random for you. Yes, absolutely. So how do you travel? Man, Every week I'm on an airplane um, okay. and yeah, I, I'm traveling all over the, the country here in the U S uh, so I, I'm, 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 but I, none of it is my boat. Right. So it's, it's, uh, I, I get, get rides to the airport and uh, I, I, I um, land and take a lot of Ubers, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's really interesting because uh, for someone who lives on a lake, doesn't have a boat, is just something out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. I, the real reason is I don't I don't even know how to take care of them, man. I'm I'm the least mechanical person on the planet. So uh, I I've got to hire those people to actually run those things in my life. So <laughs> absolutely, that's that's the best thing to do. Yes. Okay. Okay. So Riley, you mentioned that you started your entrepreneurial journey at the age of fifteen. So how did you get into entrepreneurship? Like who influenced you? Yeah, I think the biggest thing. So I grew up in small town, South Dakota. And the biggest thing for me was I saw a lot of what I didn't want to do uh, or didn't want to grow up to be like in my life. And um, I was introduced to personal development uh, at a young age. I didn't even know that people could think about what they think about. And when I was introduced to that, I thought, man, this is, this is incredible uh, that I don't have to just go to school, uh, you know, go to thousands of dollars in debt, um, get and then hopefully get a job that pays off the debt that I just went into. Uh, that, that system always seemed backwards to me. Um, and when I realized that I didn't have to do that, that, that there was a whole segment of the population that went against the grain or against the norm, um, I dove into that. And uh, again, at the age of 15, I, I started this journey and really started to consume every sort of uh, content, uh, personal development book, uh, man, back then it was listening to CDs, uh, in my, in my car rides, um, just learning more and more about 
uh, about entrepreneurship, but just about myself and, and, you know, the power of, of my mindset, um, was a big thing at an, at an early age. And when I committed to that man, um, everything else changed, uh, but it, but it took that actual commitment in my life. Uh, I, I took one job in my life in which it was, I was making pizzas for $5 and 15 cents, uh, an hour. That was minimum wage at the time. I worked one eight hour shift and I thought, man, there's no way I'm going to continue to do this. And so that, that was my first and my last shift as far as being like an hourly employee. Um, and that's really when I committed to this, this entrepreneurial journey, man. And it's been fun. It's been, it's been a lot of work that's for sure, but it's, it's, uh, been very fun as well. Absolutely. When you started, there wasn't so much technology. So you had to go from uh, one part of the US to another part for the networking events. But right now, what does it cost? Just an Instagram DM. But still people say that uh, it's really hard to become an entrepreneur. Man, it it is so easy to become an entrepreneur today. And, and I think the, the biggest thing is it starts with our mindset. Right. I believe whether you even if you're working a, a job right now in which somebody is paying you an hourly wage, you could still have the, the entrepreneur mindset, because if you look at the root word of entrepreneur, it's actually a French word word. I think is how it was pronounced. But all it really means at the core of it, it means to undertake. So if your mindset is that whatever it is you're going to put your hands to or or uh, maybe it's even a, a relationship or uh, it could be writing a book or building out a, a marketing plan, you are an entrepreneur like you if you if you undertake the task at hand, you are an entrepreneur It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to build this fortune. 500 company or, uh, or build a, an online funnel, like, no, 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 that, that, that is a part of entrepreneurship, but at the core of it, it is a mindset shift where it's like, no, I'm, I'm willing to take on the task at hand. If I'm willing to undertake that, then I would say that you are an entrepreneur, the money and everything else will, will start to come, but it starts with that mindset shift of being willing to undertake that task at hand. Absolutely. Everything starts within you. And yes. then you influence other things around you. Awesome. You got it, man. Okay. So, uh, Riley, just like we mentioned that uh, you helped a lot of entrepreneurs take their business to seven to eight figures within the first year. So, what is that one shift that you helped them make, made the uh, seven to eight figures in the first year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is understanding a lot of people have great ideas. Uh, they may have a great product. They may even have a great service. But the thing that I, what I understood early was if you build something, they do not come. Now, there's there's a famous movie that, that filled the dreams. I think it was. It's like it says, if you build it, they will come. That's a bunch of baloney because uh, you can have a great product. You can have the best service in the world. But if nobody knows about you or who you are, you don't got a customer. Right. And, and so the, the biggest thing that that I can stress upon for for whether you're, you know, a seasoned entrepreneur or uh, just starting out, if if you don't have a consistent flow of leads and, and ultimately sales into your business, you got a hobby. This, this thing, it's, I wouldn't even call it a business. It would be a very expensive hobby for, for that matter. Yeah. Right. So. I think you've got to, if there's anything that, that an entrepreneur should get very, very good at is new client acquisition, right? Like how do I get a continual flow of people that want what I have? Right. And, and the, the unfortunate thing is people don't always buy what they need. They buy what they want. So if you understand what, what it is that the problem that you solve in their life, whether it's a product or a service, we understand that, that it can help somebody, but it still doesn't mean that they want it. So part of, of marketing and in, in, in figuring out a way that people are going to actually give dollars for your product or service is you got to, you got to package that baby uh, in, in a way in which they want it. Right. And then you can give them everything else that they need. But at the end of the day, 
new client acquisition is, is the number one thing in any business. Again, you don't even have to have a good product. It, it sounds bad, but you could have a terrible product, terrible service. But if you're better at getting new clients than the guy that has the best product and the best service, you're going to beat them all day long solely because you're a marketer and in a sales uh, system, you need, you need that system into, into your company before you need anything else. And if you can do that, money will come and then you can get better and better at, at providing a better product or service as well. Absolutely. The first thing is getting clients and then you utilizing that money to better your product rather than investing it. tens of thousands of dollars and sitting there getting no clients. Yes, you got it, man. The best way to fund your business is to make your customers do it. And I've never taken a dollar uh, to, as startup capital for any of my companies. I've bootstrapped every single one of those. Uh, and, and for that reason, it's, it's I want to prove like, can this be, uh, is this product or this service, is it saleable first? Do people even want this thing? Can I create something that they want? Um, and then at that point, I, I, can, I can continue to build upon it. But I've always used my customer's money to fund my business uh, because then I know that I'm building something that's foundationally strong. Uh, and then I'm not accountable to shareholders or investors or anything like that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. No pressure and all. You can clearly focus on your way. You got it. Okay. So basically you focus on the marketing as well as client acquisition system. So what is that? Uh, the most important part that most people often overlook in marketing and acquisition system. Yeah, I would say again, understanding that people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want, right? And so no different than I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. Right. We've heard that, that old saying before, but what I could do is I could put salt in that horse's oats. And for whatever reason, he's just going to want to drink. Right. And, and that's part of, of what marketing really is, is understanding that, it, you know, I don't have to uh, sell them what they need. I have to sell them what they want. And then ultimately I can give them what they need over over the, the long haul. But if I don't have anybody that's standing in line waiting to purchase what they need, I got to figure out what it is that they're going to want. Right. And so I think that's the biggest thing is, is putting yourself in, in their situation or their shoes um, to experience that, what that, what that actually is. And so one of the things I always encourage people to do is to stand in your own line. Right. So when, when people are, are trying to build the brand or, um, you know, Disney corporation does a great job at this is they have people, part of their, their business model is to literally just go stand in lines right? That, and they're taking notes of what is, what is, what are the people experiencing? And this is why if you have to stand in any line, it's great to do it at Disney, right? I mean, I hate standing in lines, but they at least have monitors and TV screens and different things like that, that help the ex overall experience, because that's going to make somebody that's going to want to come back. Right. So if you can stand in your own line and, and know what it feels like to be a customer of your own, uh, and, and take great notes on that, uh, without putting your pride and ego, uh, ahead of it, but really experiencing what that's like, that's going to help you build a streamlined marketing and sales system that can be put essentially on autopilot. Um, but you don't know what you don't know. And so again, going back to just standing in your line, uh, will really help you build a long-term sustainable business. Absolutely. That can be a really big thing that most people can use in their businesses like uh, getting your services to your own and then you will know what are the major loopholes that we are missing and we can fix that and we'll improve the client experience that's how they're going to stick with us for a longer time yes you got it man it's good awesome okay so riley in your opinion what is the most important personality trait someone would need to become successful in your job <laughs> Uh, discipline. And why I say discipline is as an entrepreneur, um, typically the reason we're attracted to be even becoming entrepreneurs or entrepreneurship in general, it's, it's the thrill of the hunt, right? It's not even like the, the accomplishment itself, but it's the journey that we get to go through the thrill of the hunt. I, I mean, I, it sounds terrible, but I kind of equate it to like 
back in the day when it was like trying to pick up chicks, right? It, it wasn't even like about getting the girl, but it was just about knowing that you can, right? And, and that's kind of what entrepreneurship is, is, is like, but that only happens if through consistency and through discipline. And it, and why I say that is there's going to be a lot of crappy days in this journey. And you have to always come back to the original vision of why you're doing what you're doing. And if if you get crystal clear on that and, and convicted enough on that, and, and it's emotionally anchored to something that's strong enough to keep you disciplined to, to trust the process here, uh, that's going to make those hard days uh, stomachable, like you're still going to be able to, to do those things. But if you're not disciplined and you're only going to work when you feel like it, or when, when stuff gets hard, you're going to throw in the towel. Don't even start because it's, it's, it's not going to last long because I, you know, this, this entrepreneurship journey again, it's like you get one day, two days, three days into this bad boy. And anybody that's listening knows like, you get punched in the face, right? Everybody's got a, I think Mike Tyson said this best. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And once you get punched in the face, then it's like, what are you going to do? Right. I, I think the, the biggest thing for entrepreneurs, I'm a firm believer that action always brings clarity in your, in anything in life, like continual action always brings clarity, but reaction reveals your character. And if you're willing to get back up when you get punched uh, because you put those disciplines in place, then there's no such thing as, as failure, man. It's only feedback and everything that you're going to do. If I'm, if I, you know, made a bad business decision, I didn't fail, but I got great feedback on how to make a better decision the next time around. And if that's your mindset, you know, I think Thomas Edison said this correctly when he first invented the light bulb, it was like, man, I, I figured out a thousand ways in which the light bulb didn't work. Right. So it's a mindset back to that, that whole entrepreneurship journey. It's like he figured out a thousand ways that it didn't work. He didn't figure out a thousand ways uh, or he didn't fail a thousand times. He figured out a thousand ways it didn't work. And it was that thousand and one time that that's all it took. And then the rest of it is history, change history forever. Right. And, and that's what any of us can do with this entrepreneurship journey. But again, you got to stay disciplined through this process. Uh, um, otherwise, just go get a job somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the hardest part. Okay, so Riley, for most of the entrepreneurs who are starting, who are starting into entrepreneurship and they have built a business. So the first two, three, four months, they are really motivated to work. Like they get they will work 24 hours even. So after that, all those motivation, all those discipline goes down. So what can you say that uh, that will push them to uh, go through that harder times. Yeah, I think again, it comes back to the the original why um, of, of why you're doing this, right? This is, was it just because you had an idea um, that you thought, oh, I could go make a lot of money. Maybe that's the case, but if the reason wasn't strong enough to to push you through it, you're gonna find you're gonna. As entrepreneurs, we get shiny object syndrome, right? And it's like, they're always like, oh, that's a good idea. Let me go try this. That's a good idea. Let me go try this thing. And if you're, if you're only committed to trying things to see if they work, you're never going to stick this thing out. And what, so back to, I've got that, that true vision of what I'm looking to do or accomplish, whether it's based upon a product or upon a service, I've never been fully in love with any of the products or services that I've, I've never been passionate about any of them. Right. As a, a lot of people will tell you, which I think is horrible advice, but they'll tell you, if you follow your passion, you'll never work a day in your life. I think it's, that's ludicrous. It's, it's nonsense because I know a lot of passionate people that are broke as a joke because their passion doesn't produce money. Okay. And, and I, this is what I understood as entrepreneurs. I, I realized to be a, a great entrepreneur, you have to have your head on a swivel and you got to be looking into the marketplace of where things are shifting. What's a need, a potential need, or even a want that that's going to be out there. And can I be first in line? And, and can I, can I get there? Because opportunities 
they're a lot like the bus stop, right? There's always another bus coming, but you got to pick and choose of which one you're going to ultimately get on. And when you choose to get on that bus, you ride that thing until, until you're, you're flying high or it's, it's dead in the water, but you've got to, this comes back to this understanding why you're doing this and then stick through it. Adopt a mindset of training versus trying, because if if you're going to just do something because you're going to try it and see if it works, all you're doing is preloading a reason why it didn't work. If you adopt a mindset, I'm going to, I'm going to train at this project until it becomes successful. Then you put the disciplines in place to foresee this thing, to make it successful. Like there's no other plan B's or C's or D's. This is the only option, burn the boats and go all in on this thing. And, and uh, I think this is where, you know, as a, as a young entrepreneur, I kept looking for the next shiny object, the next shiny object, the next shiny object. I fully believe any of those would have made me financially successful, but I wasn't disciplined at any of those. I didn't understand that. Uh, and it wasn't really until I hit like 23 or 24 is when I had my first seven figure year um, because I I became disciplined to this process of like, all right, I'm no longer going to be looking at all these different opportunities. I'm going to pick one and I'm going all in on that bad boy. And that's how it's been ever since, man. Um, And as you mentioned, that's why we've taken now eight, eight separate companies. Every single one of those, we've hit those seven and eight figures within, within the first 10 months of every single one of those. And that's, what's afforded us, um, you know, the ability to do really what we do now, which is more so coach and consult people. Absolutely. This is the mistake that most of these people do that they haven't even started their first business. They're going into another, let's do this as well. Oh, that's a good yes. time. Let's go into that as well. So they're not focusing on any of that. They're not disciplined to get into all those stuffs, And then they're just skipping it all away and just sitting around watching reels. Yes, you got it, man. And that's one of the disciplines that, that they need to implement in their life is be disciplined at saying no. Because when you, when you, we've chosen this path, I'm going to train at this. I'm going to be disciplined to say no to other opportunities, which is going to be hard because as entrepreneurs, it's always like, Ooh, this will be fun. This will be fun. But if you, if you come back to that discipline mindset of no, I'm, I'm all in on this. I don't have the time, energy, and effort to be able to put towards that. So I have to stay focused on this, this project or this task at hand. Absolutely. And to build discipline, you need to do all the things consistently and to do consistently, you need some rules as well. Just like I have a rule, three second rule in which if I'm doing something, watching reels and something good pops up in my mind, like let's go to gym. I'll just count to three and just get up. Let's go. Perfect. So it's great, man. You're not just negotiating with your subconscious mind because once you start negotiating with your subconscious, you're going to lose. No matter you how important that thing is, you'll just end every up sitting time. there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, Riley, how did you manage to grow your business so far? Um, back to again, choosing one, I figured out a, a consistent flow of sales of leads ultimately, and then sales into the business. Um, and, and I realized what I was good at was, was new client acquisition and the product was virtually irrelevant. So I then started to implement products into my sales and marketing system. And a lot of people start the other way around. They have a product that they want to sell or a service that they want to sell. And then they try to figure out how to do it. What I figured out was opposite was how to go get sales, how to go get clients and customers. And then I would, I just looked for products to sell them. And and this was back to what I was, was saying, like, I've not, I'm not passionate about any of the products or services that, that we've sold over the years. What I'm passionate about is providing wealth for my family. And, and I know that that in, in other projects, like kingdom focused projects that we're, we're focused on, but I do know that that's going to take an incredible amount of money and wealth and resources to do so. So I will sell now morally and ethically has to be a great product, a great service. Uh, that's a non-negotiable, but again, there's incredible products and services out there that they just don't 
people just don't know how to market. They don't know how to sell things. And so if I can be that extension, um, and that's where I've done partnerships with people as well is help. I'll help you focus on, on client acquisition while they can focus on, on new product development and things. Great. It's a, it's a beautiful partnership. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is it, the first thing I focused on was how do I get a new client? If I can get good at that, because he who controls the client controls everything. And if I can get good at that, I can sell them anything that I want. Absolutely. So what you're saying is just uh, go read all those sales books, improve your selling skills, and then just sell product and yes. service can, can come there later. Just sell them. Yes. People should be there to buy from you. You got it. You awesome. got it, man. <laughs> awesome. So uh, how do you recommend someone to uh, sell something? Like, is it cold calling? Is it email marketing? Like, what is the best way? Oh, well, I mean, I think there's lots of opinions on this. Um, how I like to do it. I mean, when I first started out, one of the first businesses that I was involved with was my family was big into the company Herbalife, right? So they were network marketing uh, industry. And then I got into the insurance industry and every single one of those was like, call on your friends and family in your warm market. And I hated that. I, I hated doing that. Um, and, and it wasn't, I mean, partly it was because all of my family had already been solicited by each other anyways in that industry. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, no, I'm actually now an insurance agent. So I'm, I'm a professional insurance agent. It's like, no, you're not, you're just the kid that got his license all of a sudden. Right. So it was, I just hated having to go to friends and family. I wanted to figure out how do I sell to somebody that I don't know? How do I, how do I sell to a cold lead? And, um, I've, I've started doing, uh, you know, telemarketing leads where it was preset appointments. Um, we've done, uh, you know, mailers, different things like that. But what we really focus on now, man, is selling one to many. So we do dinner seminars. So I fill rooms, uh, live events with uh, people that are that are my ideal client or customer, right? So obviously going to be dependent upon the product or service that you're selling. Um, but we we figured that out. We figured out how to market to them to get them to show up. Um, and then I do a presentation to a group of people. And at the end of that presentation, I simply ask for an appointment and meet with those that I've earned the right to do so, right? If, if I did a good enough presentation, they're curious enough to know uh, how much this is going to cost or uh, looking for a proposal, um, then I'll meet with them, whether it's that evening or the very next day. And then that's when I would actually close the deal or actually make the sale. So that's my favorite. Now, does it work for every product? No. This is more, it's, it's ideal for high ticket products. Um, uh, it, things that, that can, uh, have a high enough return on investment that you can afford to continue to do that marketing. Right. So you either have, if you're starting out, you either have time or money. And when it comes to marketing, you gotta, that's the key thing. If you only, if you don't have any money, you're broke as a joke. You either got to pick up the phone and dial for dollars, right? Or you got to knock doors. Um, but if you have a little bit of marketing budget that can now soften that, that, um, approach a little bit so you can get people to call you. Right. And, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, so, but I had to go make enough money to invest into my business. And I think that's the biggest thing that I continue to do. Hamed was, was, uh, I, I made money and I didn't just go out and buy a new car. I, I continued to invest into my business uh, in, until it was self-sustaining to the point where then I could step back and work on my business, not actually in my business. Um, but that goes all the way back to what we were talking about before is having those disciplines in place of why you're doing what you're doing um, and and not getting that first paycheck and, and going and blowing it on uh, some some car or big house or, or whatever that is, man. So a lot of it comes down to that. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, Riley, if someone is starting, starting out as an entrepreneur and they don't have the money, but they do have the time. So if they, if they're doing some cold emailing or they are doing cold calling, so what is that one step that they can build trust? Because uh, someone is calling you just randomly and saying that buy my product. So they're not going to believe you. So how to build that trust? Yeah, well, it, everything boils down to know, like, and trust in, in, the, in the sales 
process, whether it is uh, an online website or I'm knocking on the door and getting, you know, shaking somebody's hand, introducing myself. And I think the biggest thing is nobody cares who you are. Uh, they again, put yourself stand in your own line. What we talked about before of what, it, what does it feel like to be, to have that experience with you? So I think a, a big mistake, a lot of people do even on the phone or knocking on a door, it's, um, you know, hi, I'm this, this guy, da, 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 da. like nobody cares. Nobody cares. You're wasting their time. Now they're just angry because you're telling them more and more info that they don't care and getting to the point immediately of how you're going to help them. Cause that's what people care. Like, yes. can I show you how to, how to save $300 today? Like, again, I don't know what it, maybe it's, maybe you're selling, you're, you're selling, uh, I'm just thinking we just had a pet or a pest removal guy knock on our door and it's like, Hey, I want to show you how to save 150 bucks today. I'm going to maybe go, okay, well, what do you got for me, man? What are you talking? I don't even have to know what he's selling yet at this point. Right. Because I, I wouldn't care if he was like, hi, I'm Hamed and I'm with uh, Joshua's pest control and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm looking for every reason to get out of, get, get him out of my doorway. Right. But if it versus a hook, if he hooks me right away with, Hey, I want to show you how to save 150 bucks today. Now I'm interested. Now I'm going to give you another 10 seconds. So you got to keep me, you know, you hook me first, but now you got to reel me into the, into the boat. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is nobody cares about you. They don't care about your product. They don't care about anything other than themselves. And you can hook them with how you can save them time or money or make them feel better in any way. Then they're going to give you a few more seconds uh, before they slam the door or hang up the phone on you. Absolutely. That can be the really the biggest thing and uh, people can use it as well because everyone loves this space. So telling them what they want to listen will just hook them. You will make yes, them want to it. listen to you. You got it, man. Amazing. Okay. So Riley, as everyone is dealing with some level of difficulties in the business, what are the most common difficulties you are currently facing? Oh, right now. Um, Depends on which business. Um, so I, I'll, even even on that note, I would say time management is always going to be a big one for an entrepreneur. Whether you've got you're running one business or you got eight of them going on, um, it, having that time management in place, it, having the discipline disciplines in place. And so one of the things that that I've had to start to do um, is every night I create kind of my non negotiable list of what I'm going to be doing the very next day. Cause there's never enough time to get everything done, but there is always enough time to get the most important things done. And so if you can prioritize those things, man, uh, whether it's like these, this is the non-negotiable for the business today. Like, I don't care if I have to be here till midnight, I have to get this thing done. Great. That's your non-negotiable. And you can't, the rest of them are, they're still on the list to get done but you've prioritized that thing of what has to get done in order to continue to move the needle in your business. And so I think as with any entrepreneurs or if anybody that's even just in sales, it's like, there's a, there's a huge difference between being busy and being productive and, and everybody can be busy. Everybody's busy, right? You ask them, it's like, how's, how are things going? Oh, busy. Oh, busy. It's like, are you busy or are you productive? And if you're doing ge revenue generating activities, I would cons consider that being productive. That ain't busy. You're being productive. If you're organizing your desk and you're, you're filing uh, things in the cabinet, that's busy, right? And that, that stuff, it needs to be done, but it doesn't need to be done today. And so I reprioritize reprioritizing those lists is again, something that I have to do on a nightly basis. So when I wake up in the morning, I know exactly what I've got to get done on that particular day. Exactly. You need to just prioritize. Otherwise making all those uh, things in an order and doing that according to that will help you a lot. Because if you, if you have managing your desk on the top and the client, uh, client work at the last, then what can we say? Client is going into another party. Right. Absolutely, man. Okay. So Riley, how many friends did you lose along the journey? How many friends did I lose? Um, I'm going to say zero. Uh, 
And the reason I'll say that because I, if I lost any, I wouldn't consider them true friends in the, in the first place. Um, I would consider them more acquaintances and the entrepreneurship life. It ain't for everybody. Right. And it, it, but it is important to surround yourself with the right mindset people that are going to be in your corner. And, um, you know, I had a lot of acquaintances. I still have acquaintances in my life. Um, I'm not picking up the phone and I'm and calling them when, when things are tough. Uh, would we invite them over to a, a, a barbecue or something? Sure. But they don't know the in- intricacies of my life. And those who are, that's who I would consider true friends. Um, so m- maybe it comes down to a definition of, of did I lose acquaintances? You better believe it. Because where y- you're only going to grow in the areas that you're investing time into, right? Whether that's yourself or your, you know, your personal development, your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with your friends. If, if there's no time that's going into them, are they really friends or are they just acquaintances that we can talk, we can watch a game together, we can have fun. But when I was building my my core group of like starting this entrepreneur life, it's like, yeah, you know, did I lose a lot of acquaintances, even family members that I would consider not necessarily uh, that they don't always want the best for you. Right. And a, a lot of acquaintances don't want the best for you because they love to talk about you behind your back. Right. Those ain't friends. And if you got them in your life, you kick them to the curb because they're doing nothing but causing their, they're sucking life out of you versus actually providing any sort of life. Um, and, and again, entrepreneurship, it isn't for everybody. Uh, but if you're going to commit to this journey, find yourself a group of people that will be your biggest fans and your cheerleaders along the way, because you're going Going to absolutely need them. Absolutely. And the toughest part is how do you find those people? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say, you know, if you've got those acquaintances in your life right now, um, just start talking, tell them about your plans. And if they start in here, they're going to expose themselves real quickly. Cause if you start, if you have big vision, big plans, they're either going to tell you, dude, that's amazing. That's awesome. And those are the ones you want to keep around. Right. But the ones that are telling you that that's never going to happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then they start yes. to throw in and give you little shots every now and then, because you're working on, on the big vision. Um, and they're, they're more worried about spending Sunday, watching football, drinking beer while you're building a business. Right. They're going to expose themselves. And so naturally, as you move into this, this mindset, uh, of entrepreneurship, you gotta, you got, you're going to have to, Put yourself in rooms that may be intimidating for you, right? But here's here's the one thing that I did, man, was I, I, I found people in my life that had the fruit in their life that I wanted. Okay, so what, what I mean by that is I, I, I found people that had way more money than me. I have found people that had a, what, I, what seemed to be like incredible relationships with their spouse. I, I, I seeked out people that had good family life, like seemed like they had great kids that were well behaved. And I just got around them. I did whatever it took. Sometimes I had to pay money to be around them. I had to pay them to actually mentor me or coach me. Sometimes I had to serve. If I didn't have a seat at the table, I had to serve water at the table. I just got around them because proximity is extremely powerful in anybody's life, but especially in an entrepreneur's life, right? And if you can start to get around those people and glean from any of that information, you're going to start to be reinvited back in how you can serve them uh, and, and how you can um, continually help them, right? Because if that's your your heart, and it's not not always about like what what can I get from this person, but what value can I provide to them? Those are the those people are going to now invite you back into their life or back into new projects or, or different endeavors that they've got going on. And so, look for the people that have the fruit in their life that you want, and then just figure out how to get around them. Absolutely, that's amazing. Until now, it's been around uh, 43 minutes, less than 43 minutes, and the value you have provided is just top of the hills. And if someone is listening to it, not just once, twice, thrice, so they can get into their subconscious mind, and then they're just going to get disciplined, as well as get clients, as well as have good friends, not acquaintances. Yes. Yes, man. Important stuff. Absolutely. 
Okay, so Riley, what is your growth plan? What is my growth plan? Yes. That's funny. I just had this conversation with my wife this morning. Um, as we're, we're looking at different business ventures, um, we're looking at exiting one of our our companies for a, you know a pretty significant payday. Uh, and I think that that's my my focus really is is um, building companies to sell. Uh, where you know a lot of my companies at this point have been really cash flow businesses, which is. I'm selling a lot of products and services, um, but none of them have, I haven't really started those with the emphasis of, of exiting one day. And so my, my growth plan is, is shifting my, my mindset from um, when I start a company, I'm looking to build the company that I would want to purchase at one day, because I know if that's a company that I would want to purchase, that's a company that somebody else will want to purchase as well. And so as, as I'm, I'm growing that those companies and putting the systems and processes in place to, uh, you know, to create revenue, uh, to, to ultimately scale, my main growth plan is to do those with a three to five year game plan of actually exiting one day. And, um, that, that's what, that's what our focus is here moving forward, man. What are your plans after selling your company? Is it building another business? Oh, hundred percent. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. This awesome. uh, Yeah. There's no such thing. I don't, it's funny. I mean, I, I, a lot of people like think that they want to retire and I think retirement is, you know, it, it isn't something that's like, it's, it's culturally accepted and it's a norm now, but if you look throughout history, uh, and I, I reference the the Bible and everything that I do, man. And so I, as I'm looking to that, I don't see any version of retirement or anything along those lines. And so, brother, I'm running this race uh, as hard as I can until the day God calls me home. Um, and it's because it's 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 the excitement. It's back to that thrill of the hunt, man. And that's that entrepreneurial journey. Now, am I going to do that? to the extent that it would sacrifice what's most important in my life, which is my family. Um, you know, my wife, Ashley, my daughter, Ellie, hundred percent, not that's, that's priority. Number one, those are the non-negotiables in my life, but man, I love to build businesses. Uh, and, and that will be something that I will continue to do. I'm sure until the day that I die, uh, but not at, not at the cost of what's most important in my life. Absolutely. If the goal was to just retire and sit on the beach and drink cold drinks, then we wouldn't be here. That's right, man. I'd be a raging alcoholic. I would be very bad at retirement. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so uh, can we say, Riley, people are doing house flipping, so you are doing business flipping, building the business yes. from the top and then selling it. Yes, man, awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so how many businesses do you have right now? Like in what other niches? Um, um, operating right now, I'm at, we're at eight, eight actual in operation. Um, we're building, you know, two of the, one is, is set to uh, exit here in the next few months. Um, and then we're building another one with that same, same intent. Um, the others, as I mentioned, have just been kind of cash flow, uh, getting a lot of dinner sales and, and seminars and things. So it's, it's providing great revenue for us. Um, but the, the biggest thing that I did early on is I built the business around me, uh, which isn't something that's saleable. Right. And so if you can, if you can, if you truly are building a business, you need to, the you need to own the business the business shouldn't own you and if if any of you right now have a business where it's like you couldn't even fathom taking a day off or a week off if the business wouldn't run without you you don't own the business the business actually owns you and it's a glorified job at, at the very most and more stressful probably don't even make as much money as you would if you had a job right uh and so understanding that it's it's awareness is 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 number one right once you become aware of that it's like okay now what can i do about this can i can i hire or put systems in place that would allow me to step out of my business um and and i think that's that's the key for 
most entrepreneurs, the solopreneurs for sure. Right. Cause that's usually how we start out. It's like, we're running our own thing. And now if once I, once I'm looking to grow, I need to hire help. I need to delegate um, tasks and responsibilities to people. Um, and that's the only way you're going to do that as is, is being able to uh, put those positions in place uh, to ultimately allow you to step back and, and exit that business at some point. If, if that's something that, you desire. Not everybody has that desire, right? I, that wasn't my plan when I started out, but it's shift now. And, and that's my plan moving forward. Awesome. So Riley, if you have built a business around your brand value, like you have built a business because clients come to you and they trust you and they buy from you and you have built a mm -hmm. really successful business with that. And when you're planning to exit the sum, uh, if the seller, a buyer is going to buy from you, you might leave. You're going to leave and sales might get impacted because people are buying from you. They have a trust in you, not the person who is buying it and the sales would crash. So is it the position that uh, most of the buyers like don't buy? Just close the deal in between. Um, it, well, yes. So again, if it, this needs to be understood from for anybody listening to this, like coming back to the the true vision of what you're looking to grow and accomplish. And so when I was first starting out, I just want to make cash. Like I just want to money, money, money. Right. And, and that's what I had created a, you know, a system that was very reliant on me. Right. And even with my, the sales guys that I trained in, if I stepped away, sales would, would fall. So I didn't have the proper systems in place. Uh, and that that'd be foolish for anybody to purchase a business like that unless they were purchasing me, right? If it was like, okay, now they want to buy me at a half a million dollar a year salary, but why would I do that when I could make more by owning the business? So it just, again, it's not wrong, but it's just, it's, it's based, it's just dependent upon what your goal is. What are you looking to accomplish? There's businesses like that. And then there's, you know, business where the brand is built around the product or the service, right? Like this is a Yeti uh, mug, right? I don't know who owns Yeti, right? They didn't build the brand around them, right? And so it's a different business model. It's not wrong or one's not better or worse than the other. I mean, I'm sure there's different opinions on that, but it all comes back to what do you want? What is it that you are looking to accomplish in your life? And I can promise you too, if any of you are like young entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, even I can promise you your first business will not be your last business. Right. And, and I, I would be very, very surprised if it was, because you're going to learn a lot. You're going to, you're going to get a tremendous feedback, right. AKA failure. And you're, you're going to be able to figure out like, okay, I don't want to be in the service industry anymore, or I don't want to be in the, uh, the product industry anymore. Right. And, and again, one's not better or worse than the other. It just, they are, and you get to choose as an entrepreneur, what you want to get really freaking good at. And once you get good at that, now you can move on to the next business, to the next business, to the next business, based upon the knowledge and wisdom that you've acquired from the previous businesses, right? So it, again, there's, there's one's not better or worse than the other. It just comes back to what is it that you're looking to do and want? What do you want to accomplish in your life? And then it's, it's just making those pivotal decisions um, along the way of, if you are looking to exit the business or not, right? If not, I would build it a certain way. If you are, I would build it a different way. Absolutely. So it all comes down to your why. Just write down all the questions, all the confusions that you have and think about each of the questions. And then just yes. write it down and then go with it. You got it, man. You got it. Awesome. Okay, so Riley, uh, if you ever got a chance to write a book about yourself, how would you name it? <laughs> well, I just wrote a book called the kingdom entrepreneur. Um, and so I'll go with that one. How about that? It's a, it's a first book of uh, a three-part series. Yeah, I actually have it here for those on, on video, the kingdom entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, I just wrote that, uh, about a year ago, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's, I think I talk a lot about my life in that and, and how I've really evolved. Um, then, but a lot of it has come back to that mindset shift as an entrepreneur, it was understanding what, what an entrepreneur actually is. Um, and it's to undertake, like if you're willing to undertake that task at hand, 
I think you could be a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home dad, and still be considered an entrepreneur because that is a task. Is is you know whatever that 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 project is that you're working on, if you're willing to undertake it, you are an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Okay, so Riley, the subject of your book is the Seven Day Blueprint. So, what is in that? Like, what can we expect with that? Yeah. So I walk through, as I mentioned, I, I, I build a frameworks around everything that I do based upon the Bible. Uh, and so in Genesis, there are seven days of creation and the, the most amazing thing is just Genesis chapter one. If, if any of you haven't read that, I would encourage you just to read that thing because we serve a God of structure and order. And there's a very specific flow of how, how he created which I believe he was the very first entrepreneur because he was creative in this process. He had a clear vision. Day one, he said, let there be light. And energy was cast from the, the words that he spoke into existence. And it was the vision. Ultimately, if he knew that that mankind would fall and there would be sin and just all the crap that's in life right now, why in the world would he continue to do this? And it's because that vision was so crystal clear of what he was building from the moment he said, let there be light. And then I, I won't go through all these, man, but every single day is, is a very specific, um, there's a flow that he went through that, that we can build as a, as a blueprint of our own businesses. Because if one day, for example, uh, the, the sun and the moon weren't created until like a uh, day four. Right. But, but if the sun and if, if, um, uh, the sun and the moon, or excuse me, if you would have created man, us on before the sun and the moon, like there wouldn't be vegetation uh, in place. And so there, there's, there's specific structure and order of the timelines of when to do certain things in your business. And, and it goes from vision to, to culture, to structure, to order, to movement, or, or what I consider momentum in our business to multiplying, which would be scaling in our business in day seven, which is technically not a day of, of building, but a day of rest. Right. And then the specific reason that that day was actually made for us, God didn't make that day for him. It's not like he got tired, uh, but, but he still implemented that as a representation of what we need to do in order to build a business that is sustainable and, uh, and built foundationally strong that will last uh, through recessions and last through, uh, you know, financial downturns. Uh, if we build it on this blueprint that was created by the original creator. And so that's what I would run through in that book, man. So you gave an amazing analogy as well as the topics you mentioned in your book are just amazing. And uh, I'm just after this podcast, I'm just going to order it. Can you tell me where is it available? Is it available on Amazon? Yeah, it's on Amazon. Yeah, we became a, a bestseller on Amazon. Um, so you can, if you just do a search in there, uh, the Kingdom Entrepreneur. Um, I think it's on my website too, which is RileyMeek.com. You can you can find it or at least link you back to the Amazon site on where to find it as well. Absolutely. And I would recommend all the viewers as well as my friends. And uh, the topics you have mentioned are just amazing from the first day to the seventh day. All the things that you have to do and everything's mentioned. Amazing. Yeah, and thanks, I'm brother. Just, I'm just thinking, why didn't I come through it earlier? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, that's part of, uh, I think, just the journey of, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, whether it's something as simple as that or a marketing idea, a lot of us go, why did I think of that sooner? Right. And it's like can be frustrating, but know that everything that we grow through right specifically grow through it has made us who we are today. Right. So I have, I have no regret in my life. I've made incredible mistakes and stupid decisions in my life, but I have no regret because I know that it has made me who I am today. And if you think about like everything that you've done in your past is, has made the version of who you are today. And if you look in the mirror and you don't like that person, then the moment you can, the moment you decide to change it, you have that power. 
Yeah, you can't change anything in the past, but if, if you look in the mirror and you like the person, then great. You've been sowing good seeds in the past. And now if you continue to sow those as when you look in the mirror five years from now, 10 years from now, if you still like that person, then continue that path. But the beautiful thing is that if you don't like that person, you don't like what you've been doing or building, it can change. And it, it, it can change the moment you decide to change it, not focusing on the past, but focusing on the future of what you can do to actually accomplish those those uh, goals that you've had in mind. The ideas that you've, you've been like thinking are, yeah, I'm going to get at that or I should really build that or you're sitting there waiting on God. Even I know a lot of people that are like, I'm just praying about my next opportunity. I'm waiting on God. It's like, no, no, no. If you're looking for your sign. I'm giving you your sign right now. It's time to get going and build your business. Action brings clarity every single time. Even if it's a bad business or a bad idea, at least you found out sooner because doing nothing, sitting on your bum, waiting for somebody else to do something is a, is a, you're simply wasting time. You're wasting the level of impact that you could have on this earth. If you want to leave any sort of legacy uh, from once you die, if you want to leave any sort of legacy, you got to start living that legacy today. And it starts today, the moment you choose to actually make that decision. Absolutely. The best time to change something was 20 years ago and right now. You got it, man. You got it. Amazing. Okay. So, Riley, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I would say, um, mm, that's a good one, man. Ever received. Man, I'm going to go with just back to early on. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to say this because this was a, a pivotal moment in my life. When I was 19 years old, um, I, I ended up taking a like a sales position. It was, you know, commission based position. And I remember um, interviewing for this position. I showed up in a suit and tie and it's literally I was like to sell windows. They're all like wearing blue jeans and holes in their shirts. Um, but the guy looked at me, the hiring manager looked at me and he said, Riley, 85 percent of this job is negative. But if you can focus on the 15%, you'll make six figures. And this is, I'm, I'm 19, you know, this is back, whatever, 20 years ago. Uh, and that was a lot of money to me at that point in time. And I was like, 15, I just focus on 15%. So I'm just like logic, I'm pretty logical. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to run a hundred leads or a hundred appointments, 85 of them are going to be bad experiences. They're going to suck. Right. But you're telling me if I just have to focus on the 15 that are going to be okay experiences, I'm going to make six figures. I was like, done. I can do that. And it, it was re it was for him framing that in my mind is what has helped me in every position from there moving forward. And so knowing that back to entrepreneurship, I don't know, that number's probably pretty consistent with this. Like you're going to go through a lot of negative things. And, and it's, this is why it's not for everybody. This is why people uh, criticize entrepreneurs. They'll, they say that we're money hungry or we're greedy. Uh, you know, it's always money, money, money. And it's like, no, it, that's not what it is. But I, yes, I do want to go make an incredible amount of money uh, because of the impact that I know I'm going to, I'm going to have with that. Right. And it's, it's the, the thrill of the hunt and, and that journey, the experience that we get to go through. Um, but it comes with a lot, 85% of that negativity. And if I can focus on the 15%, though, it will be worth it, right? It'll be worth it. Now, if your focus is only because I want to make money, but if you don't really know why, I would get back to that because that 85% was going to overpower any of that 15% good, goodness, right? So get back to, you mentioned it, man, that why. I know it's it's it seems cheesy and it's overused a lot, but it's because it's true. Principles are principles are principles and no different than I'm going to drop this pen and gravity is going to drop it to the ground. There's a principle that lies within that vision that you have for your life. And, and when I can emotionally anchor that to understanding that when things get tough, when it's going to get hard, any sort of of pain in your life, it has to be attached to purpose. And if you, if that purpose is there, it gives any sort of pain. It, it flows off, you know, the, the water off a duck's back, man. It's like, I can go through this because it is going to be worth it. And 
that was probably the most pivotal piece of advice at the age of 19 that I've carried with me into multiple different business and endeavors, man. Absolutely. Vision is just the seed. It's the seed. Because if you don't have a really good vision, you're just getting into entrepreneurship for just the money. Once you get that one good sale, once you make some money, then you just gonna go party and rest and until that money goes to zero. And then you're gonna start again. And then one sale, uh, one good sale comes up, you're just going to spend it all. So that cycle will continue. You got it, man. You got it. Okay. So Riley, what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? I think I said it earlier, uh, follow your passion. You'll never work a day in your life. Um, I just, I think that's silly. And I think it's, it's caused a lot of people to, um, go down a path that has caused tremendous heartache and poverty, uh, because it's, you know, my buddy's, his wife is very passionate about rocking newborn babies, right? is the, she ain't gonna make any money doing that. Right. So, so my buddy has to go create a tremendous amount of money to afford her to be able to do her passion, right? Entrepreneurs follow opportunities, but always bring your passion with you. Right. It's a, it's so terrible advice is follow your passion. You'll never work a day in your life. The antithesis of that would be look for opportunities, follow opportunities, but always bring your passion with you. If you do that, there's, there's never going to be an, an, a shortage of opportunities. It's just a matter of which one are you going to take your passion into? And if you do that wholeheartedly, you'll, you'll succeed every time. Exactly. If it was true, then people, there are billionaires with waste management companies, with, uh, they're selling wood and they're becoming a billionaire. So it wouldn't right. be possible if they're just uh, working with passion. Right. They knew you got where it. the opportunity is. You got it. Amazing. So Riley, what is your favorite quotation? Um, money, I, I think Zig Ziglar said this, money is a lot like oxygen uh, or excuse me, money ain't everything, but it's, it's right up there with oxygen. I think that's what it was, Zig Ziglar. Um, and I like that because I think money controls a lot of things. There's, there's the spirit of money or the spirit of mammon is, is extremely powerful in people's lives. Um, but I, I've realized that you know money only makes you more of who you already are. It's a great magnifier in a person's life. And so I realized before I had any money, um, you know, I, I thought I was... A, I was striving for money. I was, I was, I was going after it. And when I, when I got it, I realized I wasn't that great of a dude, unfortunately. Right. But it, ex, it exposed a lot of things in my life. And at that point, again, I got to make some decisions on what I was going to focus on. Was it going to be more about the money uh, or was it going to be more about how I can be a better human being? Um, and, and, you know, using it as the tool that it actually is, um, is where I think a lot of people get it twisted and it's not about the money. It's about what the money can do for us. Uh, ultimately once we've got it. So if you're a, if you're a, you know, a butthead right now, you're just going to be a rich butthead when you get money, right? If you're, if you're generous right now, when you don't have that much, you will be generous when you get money. People that just say, when I get money, then I'll be generous. That ain't generosity. That, that's literally the opposite of generosity. It's like when I get, no, you got to give out of your lack in order to, to ultimately be generous, right? And, and who has been given little and faithful with that little will continue to be given more. And again, it's a, it's a mindset shift. Um, but I think that's a, a, been a, a key thing in my life that has started back to your question, man, of just that, that quote of mine, money ain't everything, but it is right up there to oxygen because it does expose a lot of areas or weaknesses in our life. Uh, I also have one just relating to that. Money is a king of the fool and the slave of the vice. Mm. King of the fool and the slave of the vice. It's good, man. I like that. Amazing. Okay, so Riley, one last question. What is that one piece of advice you would give to the young entrepreneurs starting in your field? Uh, I would say, again, just get around those like-minded people. Okay. Every single one of you listening to this, you've got a seed of greatness inside of you. I, I know that because greatness made you and, and the, the number one determinant though of every seed is if it's going to take root, 
Okay. The number one determinant is what you surround that seed with. Right. And, and so if it's just been your, your seed is just thrown on, on rock and gravel, it's never going to take root. But if you surround that in good soil and you're, it's continually getting fed water, right. You're continuing to listen to podcasts like this, uh, where you're consuming content there, there's sunlight, there's nutrients, there's fertilizer, that seed will take root and ultimately produce the fruit that you're you in your own life. Right. But that doesn't happen unless you become intentional about what you're surrounding or who you're surrounding yourself with do that. And man, you're, you're again, your first business right now, uh, or maybe it's not your first business, but I can promise you it will just lead to more and more opportunities in your life by just surrounding yourself with those like minded people. Absolutely. So uh, one more question, Riley, before we go, how many hours do you train? Because I can see all those set of biceps coming out of a t-shirt. <laughs> how many hours of the uh, of the day? Is that what you said? Uh, how many hours do you train? Bro, I, not that many, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, I try to get something in every day. I think in back, back to discipline and consistency, man, but I travel a ton, right? So sometimes I'm, I'm out on the road or I'm staying in a hotel room and it's literally, I just got to do some pushups, but I did something. Okay. It's, 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 it's back to, there's no failure. There's only feedback. It's like, okay, I, I, I didn't get to the gym today, but what can I do about it right now? What can I do today? Can I hit some pushups? Can I do some squats or anything like that? It's that consistency that takes place. You don't hit the gym once and all of a sudden got a big chest or biceps, right? It takes brutal beating and wear and tear of that muscle to break down in order to become stronger. And our lives are no different. Right. So, um, but the nice thing is, is that once I build up that foundation, it doesn't take me hours and hours and hours anymore. Right. It just takes me a consistent 10 to 20 minutes a day. And, but it took me years to get to that level, man. And I, I think the entrepreneurship journey is no different. Absolutely. So Riley, it's been a fruitful conversation and uh, you have spoken a lot of truths as well as a lot of value was in there. And I hope the audience will learn a lot of new things from you. And if they have any questions, they'll just reach out to you on your uh, Instagram or any other social media profile. Absolutely, man. Yep. You can find me on, on most, most platforms. Uh, RileyMeek.com is the website as well. You can find all our stuff there. Awesome. So it's, I'm glad to connect and have this conversation with you. And uh, I hope we'll be staying connected for a lot longer and helping more and more people. You bet, brother. It's been a pleasure, man. Take care. You too. So thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Keep watching. Keep listening. Have a great day.